Hello. We're actually uh, on air at the moment. <laughs> he made it. You guys have no idea what just occurred in the last, what, like, hour and a half? I don't even want to, uh the struggle. Yeah. Struggle was real. I don't know what it is, but every time we say, oh, this will just be a quick recording, like, some technical difficulty shit happens. Like, just to, like, mock us or something? I really don't know. So we're sharing a mic today. We won't even tell you about the wine that was spilled in the midst of it all. <laughs> it was my fault. Of course. <laughs> Such a klutz. Wasted a good amount of freaking wine. It's okay. We always have more. That's true. So, uh, before we get started, I guess I have to say, hi, best friend Dex Shepard. Hi, Dex. Okay. <laughs> and then also... Want to give a shout out, RIP to homie Bob Saget. Oh my gosh. So sad. Rest in peace. That that was so sad. You're the one who told me. I didn't even hear about it. It was so unexpected. It was just like, oh. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Did they ever come out yet saying how he passed? I know he was in a hotel room, right? Yeah. Last I read about it was that he was laying face up with his hand across his chest. So... They're leaning more towards a like heart attack or Ugh. a stroke. In his sleep, they said it was peaceful how he okay. went. But that's kind of what they're leaning towards. Like, there was no foul play. There was no drugs or alcohol. Because yeah. he was on tour doing stand-up. Yeah, and he he was sober, right? Like, he used to have an issue with drugs, and now he I believe. was sober. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sad. And, like... My favorite TV dad growing up. Yeah, seriously. Everyone's posting, like, different clips of either as him as, like, Danny Tanner or, like, his stand-up or interviews. And I'm like, oh, he was, like, such a legend. And first freaking Betty White and now him. Just 2022. What the fuck, man? And real quick, if you're a celebrity with a B, lay low. Don't leave the house. Seriously. They say it comes in threes and then the Bs just... I'm not even going to name any bees that, I'm, that are popping up Just in my head. Don't I'm not leave your to... house for a little bit. I'm not trying to jinx it. Oh, my gosh. On a lighter note, um, it's not really a horror movie, but me and the hubs watched Corella DeVille last night. With Emma Stone? Yes. How was it? I never saw it. It was cute. She rocked it out. Okay. She did a fabulous job. Uh, it was interesting. It was just the movie was like on how Corella DeVille became... Like, so mean. Oh, okay. So it was, like, her story. So kind of like how the Joker movie was, like, how he became the Joker. So, yeah, okay. so it's cute. It's on Disney Channel right now. Okay. So I was just looking for something light and easy to put on, and I hadn't seen it. So I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. So that's what I watched. I remember hearing, like, when they were making it or when it first came out, and I saw Emma Stone was it, and I think she's, I think she's so good. But I was really surprised because I just could not picture her playing Cruella DeVille. But, but I mean, she nailed it. Yeah, I definitely won't want to see that one because it does look good, and I do have Disney Plus, so I might as well just watch it. Well, now that we went down our, our Disney Lane on a horror channel, yeah, um, we're switching it up uh, very much. So, <laughs> gotta have a little about a di- little bit of diversity. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> oh, also, I don't know if you heard. That bird is the word. That too. I heard that. That too. <laughs> but uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox got engaged. And when he like proposed, they drank each other's blood. Yeah, I Did read you hear that? that? <sighs> I don't know that I will ever love someone as much, that much to like drink their blood. I don't know that I would ever do that. Well, I know what not to ask. Yeah, I, I don't so know. I draw the drink my blood, and we've learned that I'm not allowed to... Oh, yeah, what was it? Was it stab you? Right, yes, you're not allowed to stab me. I okay. mean, those are my clear boundaries. I know they're crazy, like, crazy boundaries that I have over here, but, um, you know, gotta gotta do what's best for me. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, and also, I just heard, while all the struggle was going on, and Husband was trying to fix this for us and, well, it obviously failed because we're sharing a mic today. But um, Jason Momoa and... <gasps> I have a chance! <laughs> obviously, you already knew. Yep, he's getting divorced. <laughs> They're getting divorced. So, ladies! Yep. <laughs> Ooh, that is going to be... He's not going to be single long. No, 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 no. Oh, no. And if it is, it's on his terms. 
And let's be clear, I don't have a chance. Just in my brain, I tell myself I have a chance. But I really think that, um, I want to call her Denise Huxtable, but that is not her real name. Oh, um, yeah, can't think of it. <laughs> I know, obviously, I know who you're talking about. But... Lisa Bonet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that would have been a really bad moment for us. <laughs> um, I think she's cute as a button, too. Like, oh, she's yeah. She's so adorable. I love her. So I, I think she'll be okay, too. And her daughter is beautiful. They just got a beautiful family. Yeah, they're all, all gorgeous, honestly. Like, God, seriously. It's in their water. <laughs> so, oh, okay. and one more thing just before we start. Did you guys watch the Jamie Lynn Spears uh, GMA interview? I was listening to a little bit of it out there and reading. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, first of all, I don't think she aged as well as her sister. No. Second of all, like, this feud between her and her sister, it's getting bigger by the day. So they're both doing a tell. I, Brittany's going to have a tell-all book here real quick. Oh, for sure. And it's going to sell out. Jamie's putting hers out. And, uh. I don't know if it'll flop or not. I don't think it's going to be that big. No. If if Brittany puts one out, obviously hers will be bigger. I was reading through comments, like, on the video, and nobody was siding with Jamie Lynn. They were all like, why is she doing this interview? It's just promo for her book. Like, how does she... Cause That's she kind of like, what Brittany said. Like, why is she even... Ta- she wasn't even around me 15 years ago. Right. Why is she even talking about me? And like, she even said she's like, oh, when the time when the conservatorship started, I didn't know anything about it, and I still don't really know anything about it. It's like, how do you not know about that when it's literally going on in your family? Like, I know you guys might not live together, but I don't live with my sister, and if something big happens, Mama is sure to fill me in. Yeah, like I called BS on her being like, I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think she was just trying to get promo, um, but I. I can't wait for Brittany to come out and say something. Say yeah. something, put something out, whatever it is. I'm ready. Yeah, it's going to get good. It's going to get good. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, before we get started, we are drinking Sweet Revenge uh, from St. Julian's. Um, I was drinking it, but then, as we mentioned, I spilled it. Um, it, it was like, because we had it. I don't know if we did it for an episode, but I know we had it before. Um, I believe we did, and it was one that we really liked. Yeah, and I... The first sip that I took today, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like better than I remembered. And I don't know why that is, but I was like, oh, it's just so You're good. You were just in need of some wine tonight. Uh, yeah, honestly, that too. <laughs> we haven't drank in weeks and now we're like, dude, we got ketchup to do. Yeah, man. and Lowe's stocked up, so we're ready. <laughs> but yeah, we are going to be talking about American Psycho today, a uh, cult classic. This was my first time diving into it. Lo kind of introduced me to uh, this this franchise, really. We watched two in one night, the first two. Um, and, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, like, love it. But it was, like, just so, like, I don't even know, like, weird, I guess, and, like, unexpected. But, like, it captured, like, my intention the entire time. Because, I, like, I think it, like, mind fucks you through the movie. Yeah, especially the end. And we're going to get into yeah. all the deets on that. Mm-hmm. Craziness. Um, but American Psycho is a 2000 comedy horror film directed by Mary Heron, uh, written by Heron and Genevieve Turner. It is based on Brett Easton's Ellis's 1991 novel, American Psycho. Which I did hear if you like the movie, the book is like even like 20 times more unnerving than the movie. Um a thick book I believe but um I don't know I'm here for it I I might have to uh dive into it uh yeah honestly I think you you looked it up and it was like 16 hours and, long or something and, and audible. audible yeah yes. and that would be I don't I don't read a lot of books I really don't but that would be one that I would be interested in listening to just because the movie was so good and hearing that the book is, like, way better. I heard it's way more intense. Yeah. Okay, I'm about that. I would definitely <laughs> I would definitely want to, uh, I would probably listen to it instead of reading it, because, I don't know, I'm lazy, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this was set in the late 1980s, and the film stars Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman, um, who, fun fact, originally Patrick Bateman was supposed to be played by Johnny Depp, um, but then he ultimately turned it down. Which I could see him playing Patrick Bateman also. I think Christian Bale did a really great job. But I could also see 
Johnny Depp kind of making a twist on it. Yeah, I could too. Um, but after once the movie's made and the cast member is in it and it fits so good, I think it's hard to see other people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest when I say I'm not a Christian Bale fan, like, as an overall person. Like, I don't find him that sexy to me. I don't know what it is. Like, he's in shape. He had a good body in that movie, clearly. Um, and we see a lot of it. Yeah, but we see most of it. <laughs> I um, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of him. I apologize for all those that are. Um, no judgment. I just, I'm not on the bandwagon with him. Johnny Depp, I loved in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I, I'm not super familiar with Christian Bale as far as, like, how he is and that many of his roles. Obviously, I know, like, Batman and everything. But, yeah, I mean, he's attractive, but I wouldn't say he's, like, like out of this world, you know. I don't know. He did a good job, but I did, I don't know if you told me or someone else, I can't remember, that he's kind of, like, a male diva in the in the Hollywood I've read world. articles that he's turned roles down and he's kind of hard to work with like he's just his ego is way big and that's kind of a turn off to me I cannot stand people who have an over big ego yes have a little bit of an ego if you're good at stuff don't even have an ego have confidence, confidence. yeah exactly. there's a difference and that is one thing I don't like don't be a cocky in whatever you do because that's just yeah yeah that makes me like him less if he's actually like that because that's just not uh not cute um but yeah patrick bateman is a new york city investment banker um he kind of gradually as like the movie keeps playing out um not really gradually it's pretty soon into the movie but we find out that he's like this serial killer uh he preys on like homeless people work colleagues and women and just kind of like random members of the public um, the film also stars William Defoe, Jared Leto, Josh Lucas, Chloe, I don't know how to say her last name, Savini. Chloe Savini. Savini. Um, Samantha Mathis, Mathis, Kara Seymour, Justin Thoreau, and Reese Witherspoon. A very young Witherspoon, who was just as cute as always. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. <laughs> her character kind of slightly reminded me of Elle Woods in just a little bit of a way. Yeah, I could see that when they were at the dinner at the breakup. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was just like a replay of the Warner breakup. Um, American Psycho debuted at the Sundance Film Festival on January 21st, 2000, and was released theatrically on April 14th, 2000. The film was uh, a financial success and received mostly positive reviews, with particularly praise for both Bale's performance and for the screenplay. Um, it has since developed a cult-like following. Um, so American Psycho 2 came out, was released in 2002. Um, it kind of was like no relationship to the original. We'll kind of talk a little bit about the second one. Um, but I guess there's a third one, Lowe told me, which I did not know. Yeah, when I was doing research, um, I didn't look up like what the actual name of it was. or, um, But yeah, it would be interesting to... Uh, I feel like we should watch it one day just to close out the series Mm -hmm. and see. Um, We'll see. Yeah, I wonder if Bateman gets brought up again or, like, how it's kind of in relation or if it's just about a psychopath. Maybe that's the only reason. But, yeah, I'm definitely curious to watch that one. Um, But, yeah, so this takes place in 1987. Um, Patrick Bateman's life kind of revolves around, like, dining at trendy restaurants, keeping up appearances he's engaged to Evelyn who is played by Reese Witherspoon um and he's kind of just surrounded by a circle of like wealthy and shallow friends and associates um and he kind of like hates all of them like he like talks shit in his head the entire movie pretty much (laughs) um yeah in the beginning he kind of goes over his like morning routine which I thought was funny it's so intense I'm like damn I think you were like, what time does he wake up? Hey, oh my God. There's no way I get that much done. Like, I have my alarm set exactly to what I need to get out the door and get to work, which is enough time to make me 10 minutes later. <laughs> That's your routine. Yeah, my routine is rolling out of bed very last minute, 
But it's okay because the boss expects it. He gets weirded out when I'm on time. He's like, are you are you all right? <laughs> he should give you like um, bonus pay for like showing up on time. <laughs> but yeah, he does like a hundred crunches every morning. He like takes a shower and uses like a ton of products. And he has like a million skincare products and serums and does a face mask every morning and like goes through his like designer wardrobe. And I'm like, damn, that's. I don't even do a face mask on, like, a good night. You know what I mean? Like, it's rare for me to do a face mask, and this man is doing it every single morning. <laughs> um, even, like, at this business meeting that we see him at with, like, his coworkers, they're kind of, like, we were laughing about this part. Like, they show off their business cards. Like, I feel like Bateman, like, is obsessed like, he's a sociopath, so he's obsessed with, like, looking good and being viewed, like, a certain way. And, like, it's just so funny how pissed off he gets when, like, they like, um, what's that guy's name? Paul, uh, Paul Allen's business card better than his. Like, he gets so furious. Oh, my God. And then, like, the dorky one that, um, Bateman was, like, screwing his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in and he has, like, one that's, like, all in gold. And, like, the whole team is just, like, you know, Bateman's, like, sweating, and he's just, like, his anxiety kicks in, he can't handle it. And I'm just, like, dude, if they seen our business cards, they'd laugh us out of the restaurant. <laughs> he was, like, trying so hard to, like, hold it together, which I think is so funny, because, like, in his head, we hear him kind of, like, spazzing. And it's, like, why is he, like, so torn up about this? He gets so mad that literally when he leaves work, we see him murder a homeless guy and his dog. It's always the freaking animals, I swear. Every episode that we do, an animal is injured. But, like, yeah, he gets so mad that he, like, just murders some random guy who had nothing to do with it. Um, he kind of, like, hates Paul. Not only because of, like, the business card thing, but because I think he's, like, a little bit higher up in their, uh, in their company. And he always calls him the wrong name. So he just, like, literally hates him. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of his first, well, I guess technically his second victim that we see killing in the movie. Um, Because they're at, like, a Christmas party. And he invites him to, like, go out to dinner and drinks. And, um, yeah, he even, like, gets pissed off that, like, Paul can, like, get into this restaurant called, like, Dorcia, which is, like, really exclusive. And, like, Bateman can't get in, but Paul gets in, so that, like, makes him even more enraged. <laughs> do you think it's fancier than Applebee's on a date night there? I-, I absolutely do not. I would much rather go to Applebee's on a date night. I mean, maybe that's just me, but... So bougie. <laughs> so bougie. <laughs> so, yeah, they go out to dinner, and Paul keeps still referring to him uh, by a different name, like, one of his other co-workers, and... They go back to Bateman's house and, like, his furniture is all covered, like, with plastic and the floor is covered in newspapers. Paul's, like, clearly drunk at this point, like, just sitting on his plastic-covered couch. And it's so funny, like, Patrick turns on Huey Lewis in the news and, like, is just giving all these, like, opinions and informational facts on the band as he's, like, getting this axe and then just, like, literally chops into Paul killing him. I like how he does, like, the little dance moves as he's got the axe like, yeah. trying to hide it. <laughs> like, he's hyping himself up for it. Yeah, the song he was playing, by the way, Hip to be Square. So whenever you hear that song, just think of this. Hey, as psycho as this movie is, I just want to tell you, the soundtrack is probably pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. Growing up in the 80s, it hit a lot of hometown songs. I'm like, okay, I see you. I hear you. I like it. Seriously, like, I even thought the, the soundtrack was, like, slapping and, yeah. I think one of the songs they played was, uh, Simply Irresistible. And, like, you were, like, on one side of the couch. I was like, we look over and we're both, like, just, like, singing along to the song. We're just, like, bopping our heads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after he kills Paul, he kind of, like, goes to his apartment and, like, packs all his luggage And, like, he changes his answering machine to say that he's going to London for a few days, like, pretending to be Paul. Um, And another thing that was just funny, just kind of, like, added to his, like, hate for Paul because he felt like he was, like, less than him, 
is that like he walks in and like he's like damn his apartment's nicer than mine <laughs> and i'm like dude you just killed him <laughs> um so later bateman's like back in his office and he's kind of interviewed about the disappearance um, by a private investigator donald kimball um and while he's being interviewed he like he just seems nervous like he's trying to be like oh do you do you want a drink do you want anything he's asked him like four times and the guy's like no thank you no thank you i don't want anything and he tells his assistant to bring him one anyways and then like he's like swooping in on the coaster thing he's like i can't get a ring a ring mark on my I think desk to show his ocd yeah yeah and like i don't know he was just acting kind of weird being like um uh yeah paul i don't know i don't know where he went um yeah uh i i think i had a date that night yeah i had a date that night and they're just kind of like i don't know he seemed suspicious to me if i was the kimball guy i would be like raising an eyebrow um next we kind of see like bateman taking two prostitutes who he names like christy and sabrina they weren't actually their names he just picked them i guess um christy he picked up on a street corner and like he like makes her take a bath once he gets there which again i guess would go with like his acd like wanting her to be like clean or whatever which i mean i guess that's good <laughs> you want people to be clean but he's like get on all fours and wash your yeah i say wash your butt or wash, like, wash your vagina and then he's said. like and then he's like wash your vagina like yeah i'm just like she didn't seem too faced by it, though. No, she, she was just drinking like, champagne, okay. and she was. I think she was just like, this is nice. Mm-hmm. She only knew what it was in for. I know. She was like, oh, this is kind of luxurious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> and he gets the other girl, Sabrina. He calls, I guess, some sort of, like, agency. And we hear him, like, asking for a blonde girl. And um, both of the girls are kind of, like, sitting in his living room. And this is just his thing. He turns on music again. And, like, he rants off on his opinions of the band Genesis. He's just, like, that's just his thing, I guess, like, his routine when he's, like, trying to fuck shit up. And the <laughs> girls are just looking at each other like, this is so awkward. Like, they're like, is it too late to leave? <laughs> yeah, like, you could just see, like, it was just very intense and awkward. They're just, like, yeah. It, like, made me feel uncomfortable. And, like, I was obviously just watching the movie. It's like, he takes out his, like, video recorder and he tells the one girl to undress and, like, dance and, like, you know, do other stuff. Um, which I guess I'm not going to list out everything that he tells them to do. But I did kind of think it was funny, like, during, like, the sex scene between all of them. He just kept looking in the mirror and, like, flexing his muscles. Oh <laughs> like, staring at himself. I'm like, oh, my God. You'll, you'll see memes of him. He's, like, pointing at the mirror, pointing at himself. Yeah, like, he's like, yes, dude, you go. <laughs> So like, I and I know. think in one of the scenes too, he had a friend over. He drugged her though, I think, mm-hmm. and he had the same prostitute, right? Was yes, yeah the the girl he picked up on the corner, Christy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they kind of had like a, a weird scene, and then he killed her, right? Um, yeah, with when they're like running through, like he's chasing her, and like he drops the chain. Was that on his friend her. that he killed? He did kill her. I don't know, like I don't know if he like like bit into her no but that was the first one he killed it the other prostitute got away right um oh yeah yeah Uh, like these two weren't were just prostitutes and then later in the movie he has his friend over i don't know how they know each other but they're like friends and then the other prostitute and he kills his friend by like eating her or something (laughs) because there's like blood all over his mouth yeah and then the other girl runs, and, like, as she's running, they're in, like, Paul's apartment this time. Like, as they're running, she, like, sees dead bodies all throughout the apartment. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, like, screaming, banging on doors, and we're like, why is nobody, like, checking on what's going on? Can I just say, though, in that scene, I just want to point out that not only, you know, he's crazy, I get that, but he's chasing her. He took the time to put sneakers on, butt-ass naked, and running down the hallway, chasing her with a chainsaw, so he's bloody. Butt-ass naked, but shiny white, perfectly white tennis shoes on. Yeah, it's like, I don't really get the point, but I mean, you do you, dude, I guess. Like, you didn't have time to throw some boxers on real quick? Like, 
You went for the tennis shoes? And the tennis shoes would take longer than the boxers. I feel like it was an OCD thing, like a dirty thing. Like, he didn't want to touch the carpet on the outside. Yeah, like, he didn't want his feet to get dirty. So I feel like that was just kind of a a germaphobe thing. Right. It was just kind of funny to see, like, these shiny white shoes on this, like, bloody naked man. Yeah, that whole scene was, like, chaotic. (laughs) Just so much. And it was so unexpected, too. Because, like, the, the murders beforehand were, like, all so normal. And then, like, at that point, they just started getting out of hand. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? And I don't want anybody to die, but I'd really want to see that chainsaw thing happen in real life. Like, put a mannequin down there. Yeah! I'm like, come on! She's got good aim! Like, come on! There's like, no way. She could like have seven stories that. high, and it just, like, he just, like, lets it fall straight down, and boom! It gets her, like, right down the center of the torso. Come on. Yeah, like, I'm like, there's no way. She could have totally dodged that. She was far enough away, and there was no way he, like, aimed it perfectly with the timing. It was, like, it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, and the back to, like, the business card thing, which I thought was funny. They're, like, at lunch, and um, his colleague, Louis Carthier or whatever, the guy who's dating the girl that he's cheating with, he, like, shows his new business card. He's like, oh, I got a new one. And so Bateman goes to strangle him in the bathroom. <laughs> and this guy thinks that he's trying to, like, have sex with him. And he's like, oh, I've wanted you for so long. I've wanted this to happen. I didn't know you wanted me to. And Bateman was kind of like, what the fuck? And he just, like, left. Yeah, he doesn't say, like, any words. Yeah. Actually, is that the first time where he's like, I gotta go return videos? Um... I don't know if it's the first time he says but it. But it was that he says in the back, he's like, where are you going? He's yes. Like, and then he was like, I got to return some videos. <laughs> he did say it that time. And he says it a couple times through the movie. Yeah, like whenever he's in like an awkward situation or like he just like feels like he needs to leave. That's like when like he broke up with his fiance. Yeah. He's like, where are you going for L moment? Yeah. And he's like, I got to return some videos. I'm always like, what are these videos <laughs> that he's returning? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> He even kills, like, a model. He's, like, at a club with his friends, and he, like, brings this random model home, and her head ends up in his freezer, like, as we see later, when he, like, takes his secretary out. Well, he didn't even make it out to dinner. She came to his house, and he was planning on killing her. Which I'm like, is that smart to kill someone, like, that close to you, your secretary? You know what I mean? I mean, he didn't end up doing it because Evelyn called him. And, like, was leaving a message. And for some reason, I don't know why, but it, like, made him stop. And, like, he told his assistant just to go home. But, like. I think it's because she was, like, there was, like, an innocence to her. Like, she was just so sweet. Yeah. And just so, like, I don't know. I think he had a moment of, like, I need her. Okay. I don't know. I felt like maybe because they worked side to side, like, as our secretary. So she works by him all the time. I don't know. Like, I feel like, like you said, maybe with his fiance calling, it was a moment of clarity. But I feel like in some sort of way, she was almost like the closest thing maybe to family or Mm -hmm. his inside life. Like, he was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? No, she just go. I don't want to hurt you. It was like you could almost see, like, the moment, like, his face just changed because he had, like, this, like, staple gun behind her head just getting ready to, like, kill her. And then it was, like, automatically his face changed. And it was just, like, I can't do this anymore. Probably because she was so nice to him all the time. Like, why would you kill her? I mean, why would you kill any of the people that you killed? But it just, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Um, Yeah, he kind of goes out to lunch with, like, Kimball. And he tells him he's not a suspect in Alan's disappearance. um, Because... He reveals that, like, a colleague of Bateman's claimed to have spotted Paul Allen in London, calling into question, like, the entire investigation. And, like, Bateman's relieved, but, like, he's super confused, and he's, like, doubting himself because he's like, wait, someone actually saw him in London? How is that? I just said he was going to London on his voicemail just to, like, make people think he disappeared. This is where things start to get confusing for me, as at least when I'm watching the movie. <laughs> Yeah, and then that whole thing with Christy happens when he goes on, like, the killing spree uh, that we talked about with, like, the chainsaw thing. So, yeah, then when he breaks off this engagement and Evelyn kind of, like, has a freakout moment, like we talked about, he goes nuts that entire night. Um, He uses an ATM and he, like, sees this cat and the ATM says, like, feed me a stray cat. And so, like, he tried to, like, shove the cat 
and like shoot it. And this woman was like, what are you doing? And then he shot her and the police start chasing him and he shoots and kills the cops and blows up the police car. And he like goes to his office and enters the wrong building um, where he's greeted as Mr. Smith before murdering the security guard and janitor. Um, and like, so he just goes on a freaking killing spree and he's in his office and like we see like helicopter lights like flashing in his window and he calls his lawyer um Harold Carnes and he like frantically leaves this like confession you know telling him that he, everything that he's done and that he's killed probably 20 to 40 people like literally confessing everything and like having a breakdown on the phone but then like the next morning Bateman goes to Alan's apartment to clean up like all the dead bodies and stuff like that and it's vacant and like all painted and for sale um and like he pretends to like be a buyer but the realtor like tricks him into revealing that he's like not there to buy the apartment and she like tells him that the apartment does not belong to Paul Allen and tells him to leave so things are just getting I feel like more and more confusing <laughs> which Lo found out like what's going on in the end so she'll she'll tell us but yeah, I feel like if you're watching this movie and you're at the end portion, I feel like it's always it's like all up to interpretation. Um because Detective Kimball meets with him for a third time. Um and Kimball assures him that several witnesses saw Paul Allen in London. Um so he's saying, "Oh, he probably just skipped town on a vacation for a few weeks." And like Bateman is like, "What the fuck? I literally killed this guy. Like, what is he talking about?" And he even sees his lawyer at the restaurant and, like, mentions, he, like, pulls him aside and he's like, hey, um, are we going to talk about that, you know, that voicemail that I left you? And, like, his lawyer mistakes him for another colleague and, like, he, like, laughs off the phone conversation as, like, a joke. And Bateman's like, no, what are you talking about? This isn't a joke. I literally, like, murdered people. And the guy's like, this is impossible. What are you even talking about? I just had dinner with Paul Allen in London. He's like, I'm Bateman, I'm Bateman. And at this point in my mind, I'm like, is he not Bateman? And he thinks he's Bateman, but like he's this other guy that everyone keeps like changing his name to something else. I'm like, he must be the Smith guy or whatever. And he just thinks that he's like Patrick Bateman. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. It's so confusing. Yeah. So like the end of the movie, it's kind of, like I said, up to your interpretation. Um... It's, like, left with the possibility that his crimes won't ever be discovered or that they were, like, all imaginary. And um, Bateman has, like, this voiceover narration where he, like, he, like, has this realization that he'll escape the punishment um, that he actually secretly wants, I guess. Um, And he says, this confession has meant nothing. So, I don't know. What did you, or what did you, like, find at the end was actually... Okay, so what I found out about American Psycho is, first of all, it was banned in some places, the movie itself. So because it includes like details, descriptions of like extremely graphic violence, um, and since the novel is told from a viewpoint of a man like no conscience, and like few punches are pulled from the story, um, the audience. It's not supposed to sympathize with Bateman, like, in the story at all. Um, and I don't. Right, right, yeah. I, that sympathy was not one that I was giving this guy. So right. I thought that was kind of funny, like, to see that, like, in some countries, like, you can't even get this movie or book. Like, yeah, it's that, like, it's that crazy to them. Yeah. Oh and then, like, so the author, Brett Easton Ellis, um, from what I researched, that the character of Patrick Bateman is actually based off of his own father. Whoa! Um, Christian Bale used Nicholas Nicholas Cage's performance in Vampire Kiss as an inspiration um, for Patrick Bateman. Um, I guess the two characters are strictly familiar. I don't remember Vampire's Kiss, but it makes me want to look into that. Yeah, yeah, I never saw that. But so, well, happy freaking Father's Day if yeah. that's your father, Holy man. Crap. Um. Okay. So, real quick, I'm going to do a fact check now. We asked if there was an American Psycho 3, which I did research. Um, but after.
they're fact-checking it. It's not American Psycho 3. It was Psycho 3. So I do not believe there's American Psycho 3. There's a little bit of confusion on some research that I did. Um, Google made it look confusing, too. Plus, like, really similar names. Yeah, so... I don't think there is a part three. Sorry if we got your hopes up with a few <laughs> um, I did want to say that I just, I don't know, I find that I want to turn some videotapes. I don't know why, but that's just like a funny line to me. Like anytime he panics and walks out of a room, that's his like. That's what I'm going to say whenever I'm like anxious and I feel like uncomfortable. I'm just going to be like, I got to go uh, return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcus Helpstream. Oh, anyways, Marcus, I think he was one of the first person that he was confused with. Oh, I think they called yes. him Marcus. I think so, yeah. So anyways, um, he is the vice president of Pierce and Pierce, which is in LinkedIn. So it's based off of... Oh, like a real guy. A real guy. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and then like in the... So, okay. In the final scene of American Psycho, Bateman returns to Paul Allen's apartment, as, you know, she described, and... It is the location of, like, the worst of his crimes. So it needs to be cleaned, and it's got to get free of the bodies because he's, like, panicking. Um, So then rather being confronted with, like, this expected bloodbath, when he walks in, he finds the realtor there, and the property is, like, immaculate. Like, it's clean. The bodies are gone. He's looking in the closet, and he's looking at this mop, like... Like, what the fuck? Where are the bodies? Yeah, like, he's so confused. Happen? Did it not happen? So, um, if anything that occurred there, it's been cleaned. Um, somebody has gone through great length to remove any evidence. And the question was, like, what really happened in this ending? Because it was kind of left open yeah. to, you know, it could be taken either way. Um, so, Mrs. Wolf, who is the real estate agent, um, she seems to suspect that Bateman's connection with the building and asks him to leave. Like, she's not buying who he says he is. Um, and with Paul Allen supposedly out of town, you know, so she's like, she gives this hint, you know, like, um, like there's no mention of the torture or the murders or anything that's taken place there. Um, and Bateman, you'll see, like, he's a comfortable and he starts to kind of, like, walk backwards like you know towards the door like and she is kind of more like you need to go like you are not well it's best if you just leave so what i researched and read and looked up and a lot of people and i even looked up like what the authors wrote and their kind of take on it is people are getting the hint as taking it as um, this is a very high marketing building and I was not going to let it fall to shit because there was dead bodies in here. I had no people. I had it paid. I had it cleaned. We are going to sell this. Get the fuck out. Okay. We are not going to talk about this again. So he actually did murder. Those so people. they're leaving it as he did. This okay. is what some people are interpreting. He did do the killing, but she was like, this is a high end apartment. I want the commission for this. Yeah. I cleaned it up. You psycho, get out of my apartment. We are not talking about this again. I do not want to see you. Okay, okay. So that's kind of like gotcha. one way to interpret All right. the end. Not saying that's what it is, but that's kind of from what I read on. I went to Reddit, I went to Google, and a lot of people are kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. They think that because it's such a high-end apartment and she wanted it sold, she was like, yeah, I did what I needed to do. You're a psycho. Get the hell out of here. Gotcha. Okay. We're not going to talk about this again. Okay. Um, but they said all that without saying it. Right, right, yeah. Just die of context. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so American Psycho is Mayor Heron's 2000 adaptation, which was based off of the Brett Easton Ellen novel. Um, and again, like, it's just so graphic and violent and loaded with just a lot of craziness. Um, and so... This would be, like, almost close to a snuff film, people are saying, just because of, I mean, there's a lot of sex in it, a lot of mm-hmm. violent, crazy, whatever. Um, but Hare and the, co- and the co-writer, um, Ms. Turner, they t- 
turned it into something like much different, more of a dark, funny, violent film, if you can put those sentences together. Yeah, there's like um, there's definitely humor in it. But you got to have a dark humor. To, right. Yeah. You know, it's not like. Yeah. Like, I don't think my grandma would appreciate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they only occasionally take the violent film that took a general essence of Ellis's book and they reworked it and they turned it into something different. Something that people have suggested, like, better than the book itself. So I guess the movie um, was definitely approved the book you know how like either you like the book or you like the movie yeah i guess this is kind of like it matched up well okay um so like all these years later american psycho has been studied analyzed and yet there are people who still are not sure about the end of this movie like and the first thing you said when the movie ended you're like i'm so confused and i'm like i'm so glad you said that because i didn't want to feel like an idiot by myself and i did call uh, my friend tammy i talked to my friend Brittany. I talked to my husband, who suggested that we should do this one, who did not watch it with us or join the podcast. And then when it was over, I asked him his interpretation on the end. He's like, I don't really remember. I'm like, why did you even? I'm like, whatever with you. Um, So nobody has either seen the movie in um, a long time. My boss, your cousin, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a badass movie. And then I'm like, what would you think in the end? It's been 20 years, dude. I got to rewatch it. I'm like. So, trying to talk to people around me, nobody kind of gave me their interpretation of the end. So, that's why I had to go to research. Yeah. And, um, so, there's been, like, a lot of different suggestions, but a lot of them are the same. Um, and I'm here to give you some answers, but I gotta go turn some video games. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just that. kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Okay, so... This chair, sorry. I'm trying not to move, but it keeps making these squeaking noise every now and then. Okay, so one of Bateman's victims is Paul Allen, which is Jared Leto. Beauty. Okay. Um, and then he's a co-worker that he loathes, which Crystal kind of went over that. And, you know, we, we talked about how he was murdered with the axe. His body was left there. Um, he brings all his other victims to the apartment throughout the night, leaving their bodies there as well. Or not night, but the week. Um, and then as the film progresses, Bateman comes, you know, more unhinged. And that's when he starts to kind of, like, like Crystal, you know, talked about, starts losing a grip on reality. Um, and this is where he decides to go clean up the apartment. But then he gets there. It's too late. Um, so all these things are kind of popping up, like, boom, boom, boom. Um, so... Then we, you know, like she said, we it goes to Bateman kind of calling his lawyer. He confesses to the uh, over the phone, tries to explain to himself what's going on, but the lawyer like doesn't answer. Well, then he runs into him in person, and this is where it gets confusing because the lawyer doesn't even recognize him. Um, and that's when he's like on Bateman, and he's like, you know, funny joke, blah blah blah. So. No one seems to kind of recognize him. He's like Crystal said, he's been called a couple different names. So it's like, what is going on? Um, so is everyone like so stupid and coked up that they're just like all living in a constant state of, you know, craziness? Like they're all oblivious to everything that's going on? Or um, the addition, what an addition part of it was, was a phone call, a prank. He's like, oh yeah, good one. You know, ha ha ha. You know, can't be dead because you just had lunch with him twice in London. And Bateman's like really confused, like you said, left that message on his answer machine. Um, so at the end of the movie, um, it flips to his uh, secretary looking at all his drawings that he's been doing. So people are like, okay, so was it one big hallucination that he had? Or was the movie one huge? hallucination while he was drawing at his desk or did it happen that was one of my thoughts too when she was looking at all these violent drawings like things that he wants to yeah, do but hasn't it's done like it. he was like thinking he was doing it while he was drawing it because he was just like that crazy yeah so there's a few different endings and there are commonly two interpretations and um well i think that they both kind of make sense 
Um, I don't know if one is more accurate than the other. The first one that I heard the most uh, about the film was that um, everything that happened was in Bateman's head. Like, this was an understandable conclusion. Um, even if he's not a murderer, it clearly means he's mentally unstable if he's thinking of that, and you said that. Overall, I, like, yeah, he's just mentally effed up. <laughs> um, so it's not really a huge stretch to think, like, was it all in his head? Was it, you know, something he wants to do? The fact that Carl Allen's apartment was cleaned up, there was no dead bodies, the lawyer didn't know who he was, the drawings in the book, like, everything kind of made it seem like it was all in his head. And the first time I watched it, that's kind of what I thought, because they were all back at the restaurant again. I mean, obviously, Paul Allen wasn't there, but, like, everybody's, like, you know, back to just trying to fight about reservations over to eat. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm not going if there's not a reservation, <laughs> trying to sound, like, all tough. But meanwhile, he's what's going on. Like, I'm still trying to unravel everything that he thinks he did. Yeah. Um. So that was one theory. Like, he didn't really kill anyone. He fantasized it. Those drawings were just things that he wants to bring the fantasy to life. Um, and that's kind of the theory that they use to back up, you know, kind of like, even like, so Bateman shoots the cop car, and then all of a sudden the car explodes. Like, normally a car's not going to explode just because right, you shoot it. So shot. that was kind of a little bit of an extra, like, exaggeration. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of, you know, like the puzzled look on his face. So to me, too, that was kind of like, is he dreaming at all, like? Um, right. And then he's going in one hotel and then the other hotel or apartment and then the other apartment. Like, one guy's like, are you going to sign in? He's like, F you, you know, and shoots, yeah, shoots him. him. And then the other one, he pulls out a pen and just, like, hurry up. And say, so, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy things. Yeah. So, or another theory is, did Bateman really kill these people? Those actions weren't in his head. It really happened. But what happened to Paul Allen's apartment? Again, that's where it goes back to, like, the lady was like, I know what you did cleaned it up. I need to sell this. I'm not losing this account. Get the hell out of here. We are not talking about this again. I don't want to see you again. Like, yeah. you read me without me having to say it, you know? Um, so, that was that. The book was left up in the air to, supposedly, um, that it can kind of be any expectation or ending that you want it to be. They didn't really... They didn't close it out. Like, they kind of left it, like, open Interpretation. Not, sorry, I said expectation. Yeah. Interpretation. So they kind of left it how you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't think that it was real because some of it was literally surreal. Like, it just kind of came together. But one of the parts that made it seem a little too, like, okay, like, something's not right was... When the ATM machine said, feed me the cat. Right. And he's trying to put the cat in there. That part, it's like, okay, well, that's clearly in his mind. Because the ATM machine doesn't actually say so that. So that part, they thought that, you know, it's kind of cheesy and stupid. But they left it in. Kind of like, let it ride. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of one part that they said, like, kind of makes the lead to, like. He's just crazy. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Like, was it, was it all a dream or was it in his head, you know? Um, so, really, I kind of lied. I didn't find exactly an answer well you found different theories yeah so it just kind of um it's kind of how you want the ending to be how you mm -hmm. it could go anyway what do you think what's your theory that you most i don't know like? i was kind of going with that it was all in his head like he was drawing those out and it kind of yeah just you know i don't know so but then like, they were saying the lawyer, too. Um, part of it was, like, the lawyer was, like, the same as kind of the apartment person. Like, when he's, like, I had, you know, like, stop it. It's not funny. Like, it didn't happen, you know. Like, mm -hmm. and he's, like, it's impossible. I had lunch with him twice in London. They were kind of saying that was his way of, like, um, <laughs> you're too big of a client. I need you to keep paying me. You pay me way too much to lose yours as a client shut up, we didn't talk about this, you didn't do it, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Type thing, like, wink, wink, like, I didn't hear any of this. Nothing, you know, I, I know nothing, I heard nothing, 
and that's why he kind of left. Like, so he probably got the phone call and believed what happened, but is trying to kind of cover it up too because he wants to keep the income coming from his because gotcha. he's a big wig, yeah, making money off of him. Okay, that was another interpretation people had. Mm-hmm. Um, or the guy really was in London. Bateman didn't leave that message. Maybe he heard the message, and in his mind, he left the message. And again, going back to the drawings, that was like all I'm in his hallucinating head. everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it was rated one of the best fifteen um, top fifteen horror movies ranked. Um, so done pretty well for itself for the crazy unsure movie that it's been see when they talked to mary heron and they asked directly uh, about the movie was it in his head her reply was i would never answer that as quentin tarantino says if i tell you that i take this movie away from you i will say that there's a moment where it becomes less realistic and that's when the atm machine asks to get fed the straight cat. yeah <laughs> That's where it was like, okay, for me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is one thing I think is a failure on my part is that people keep coming out of the film thinking that it's all a dream and it never intended. All I wanted was to be ambiguous. And in the way that the book was, I think it was a failure of mine that the final scene, because I just got the emphasis wrong, I should have left it more open-ended and it makes it look like it was all in his head. And as far, as far as I'm concerned, it's not. Mm. So, again, okay. you can kind of... Obviously, the author wanted it run away, interpreted one way. Yeah. But people, you know... Went the other way with it. Yeah, it's kind so. of... But, again, it doesn't... It's still can be taken. Right. It's still really open-ended. So, and then um, one last research, because why not look at Reddit when you want some oh, raw? Oh, yeah, you know? Reddit. <laughs> I feel like those are the most honest answers yeah. people will give you on that site. True. Like, no filter. So um, one person put that they just watched the movie for the first time and their understanding is, kind of what I said, the lawyer that he had lunch with, you know, in London with the guy was covering for Bateman. Like, kind of like, you never saw this. And like, essentially saying that Bateman's alibi, I will keep him covered, is just not to ever mention it again. So that's kind of where okay. I said people wrote. These people. Yeah. And then maybe um, another person put, maybe it was that actually the reason is that it's not that place for any merit or other one being close to relative or the boss or his demeanor work, his work ethic suggested that basically he's given free money for sitting around behind a desk looking pretty. Because let's face it, he never really did anything. Yeah, he was always like... Um, shit. He's always saying, I'm not here, take a message, yeah. cancel this. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, how do I sign up for that job? <laughs> so here comes the struggle. Um, is that you know that he actually has the smarts and getting out of things at the workplace. He was able always to cover something up. He was, you know, but he could never like for as high end as his job was, like he wasn't high end as a per like People didn't take him serious. Like, he could never get into Dorset. Yeah. Like, everybody else did, but he could never do it. So, I think he had some failures in his own mind. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't the best. He wasn't on top. He wasn't, like, all his work people were still above him, and I think it ate at him. Yeah, definitely. Like, he had some confidence issues in his brain. Yeah. Um, Kind of like... How every time he tried to get into Dorsa, they were like laughing at him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're both. I don't know who but, you think you are. Yeah, he never had like where the other guys would come and be like, "Oh my god, we had Dorsa last night." You know? Right. Yeah. And they're like, "How'd you, you know? Like, oh, how'd you get in? You know, you have to make reservations like a week ahead of time. You know." Right. So I think that was kind of a thing. Um, and then they also said like how they'd like to be him. You know how they you know to be recognized by peers, but. Um, for how much that they care about themselves, he's never concerned too much. Like, even when he's desperately tries, um, while the only worry for him in the end is to keep himself out of jail and save face for the company and all the shit show that he does. So really the only time he's kind of like worried about anything is after he 
like oh yeah yeah but he's never I don't know when it comes to like his work and his peers and like all that stuff they just sit around and compare business, business cards, cards yeah but you never see them actually meet with clients like, right where's the work being done <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't even think about, like, those theories that you were talking about, like, with the realtor being like, I want to make my commission, and the lawyer being like, we're not talking about this. And I totally can get on board with that. The only thing that trips me up is why people, before he even, like, in his mind or whatever, or in real life, killed Paul Allen, people would call him by a different name. So it's like, why was that a central thing? I'm wondering if maybe, like, they were doing that to, like, Kind of show that his status wasn't as big as his okay. ego. Yeah, like people didn't actually know who he was that much. Yeah, like you could, to kind of show the struggle. Like if you watched his routine, he did this really strict routine in the morning. Mm-hmm. But then when he got to work, I feel like people, like, I feel like he thought he was bigger than what he was. So like when he got to work, people were like, oh, David. And he's like, it's Bateman. You know, like right. kind of like. Yeah. I was wondering too if like one of my personal theories I guess I didn't like look into any like loaded online but because we watched American Psycho 2 and Patrick Bateman isn't really a character in that movie but he's like a part of the story yeah and he's like a murderer a, a serial killer and in American Psycho the first one he talks a lot about different murderers like randomly he'll be like yeah Ted Bundy's Bundy's dog name was Lassie Lassie or he was talking about Ed Gein, or, like, he just brought up... So I didn't know if he was infatuated with the real serial killer, Patrick Bateman, and thought that he was him in his mind, but he was actually whoever everybody was calling him. It's possible, you know, um, which Crystal's about to talk to us about Psycho, American Psycho 2 here in a second, but she talks about, like, in the movie, and I'm sure I'll be you know, she'll tell you, but... Mila Kunis plays the girl, and she says, my babysitter took me to Bateman's house when she, that's how she got murdered. Mm-hmm. So they made it sound like the murders kept going through Bateman, but in the first one, they kind of leave it empty-handed. So I don't know if it's supposed to be like, eventually he got caught, or I don't know, that that part from one and two, they didn't really close. The, yeah, it was there's like... There's a gap there somewhere. It was, like, disconnected. Yeah, it was, like, disconnected in a weird way. Yeah, American Psycho 2, it was also, it was, the full name was American Psycho 2, All-American Girl. Um, It came out just two years later, in 2002. Um, It was also, you know, a comedy slasher film um, and a standalone sequel to the original American Psycho. And it was actually directed by Morgan Freeman, which I'm going to be honest. I don't know if it's the Morgan Freeman with the God voice that we all know and love, or if it's a different Morgan Freeman. I'm in my mind. I'm going to say that it's uh, it's God. Um, <laughs> but Mila Kunis is like the main star, and it's like when she's. I feel like it's like back in her that '70s show kind of, kind of days because she's super young. Um, and she stars as Rachel Newman. Um, she's a criminology student who is drawn to murder. Um, The film also features William Shatner as her professor. So the film was adapted from a screen titled The Girl Who Wouldn't Die and was originally conceived as a thriller with no association at all to American Psycho. Um, It was not until production began that the film's script was altered to kind of incorporate the Patrick Bateman subplot. So it was supposed to be like a completely separate film um until they started filming so maybe that's why there was kind of some disconnect between the plot just because they didn't like plan for it in the beginning i guess um i'm not really sure but yeah mila kunas um or rachel newman like lo said the film kind of starts with like her being brought to patrick bateman's house with her babysitter to like go on a date or whatever Um, But he kills the babysitter, and then she kills Patrick Bateman. Um, So she wants to be, in her mind at least, she wants to be, like, in the FBI to stop murderers. But she herself is 
a murderer. Um, she killed him, and then throughout the movie, she kills like several people. She goes on a date with uh, one of her fellow um, classmates, who actually she ends up killing. There's like three people in the running for this internship that she wants, and she literally kills them all just to like get them out of the way. And then in the end, like she doesn't even get the internship because the guy just like cancels it anyways. Um, which I think is kind of ironic. I mean, it's sad for the people that she murdered because of it, but in her mind, she like truly believes that like she's doing this for the greater good. She's like, I have to murder these people so that I can help future people in the FBI when I get in. Um, and it's just kind of like a twisted, I don't know, a twisted spin. It's not as good as the first one. Yeah, that's kind of funny. This five one hundred pound chick is just taking out these people left and right. Yeah, like by herself with no issues. Like, like and she's like dragging bodies and setting them up. And yeah, especially when she kills the professor William Shatner. He's much bigger than her, and like I don't know how she carries his body from place to place. Let's Not to mention, like, um, he had a Michael Myers mask named after him. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, so I don't know why she would do that. <laughs> Damn, Jackie. Damn, Jackie. Um, I do want to say, so while Crystal was telling us about American Psycho 2, so the director, Morgan J. Freeman, different is different. Oh, so Morgan Freeman is Morgan Freeman. Okay. The director is Morgan J. Freeman. So they are two different He's people. got a middle initial. Dang, that, that so breaks my heart. I, was I just wanted to go ahead and uh, clarify. clarify that real quick. In my mind, I was just... Picturing Morgan, like that would be really random. Morgan Freeman. I don't know because I was like, that has to be kind of a random. I mean, he goes from March of the Penguins to American Psycho <laughs> two. I just had to see. He's very talented. He can do diverse, uh, diverse roles. <laughs> from driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. To, you know. Oh my god, that's funny. Um, but yeah, in the end, she kind of. We find she has this identity crisis. Because she takes, she kills the real Rachel Newman, who was at the college, and, like, stuffs her in her closet, and then she takes her identity. So that's why, like, in parts, towards the end of the movie, a couple people, like her parents, and someone else, too, I can't remember, called her a different name. And I'm like, what the heck is with this? Like, this film, like, are these people just so crazy? They think that they're somebody else. But she, like, took this girl's place, um, and she freaking got away with it and got into the FBI, so she got what she wanted. <laughs> the psychiatrist better be lucky that he just got away with... Because I felt like if he kept figuring her and her out, was, would he have been her, the last victim? Yeah! I was like, is she going to kill him when at the very end when he, like talks about her and this book deal and then she walks up and see and he sees her i'm like she's gonna kill him but then the mom's like is that a new girlfriend i hope so yeah. like, no mama no you don't also mom she she's cray like cray. way younger than me yeah definitely it wasn't it wasn't like a bad movie at all but it was not as good as the first one which most you know most sequels are not I can't think of a But I do like how they went from a male and then they did a female one. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like. And I do like Mila Kunis a lot. I love her voice. I know. Um, so that was kind of fun to see her in such a young role. Now, I did see the movie years ago. I did watch it again just the other night, though, to, so I could watch it with Kay. Um, but. Just, like, watching her, like, in Bad Moms now versus this. I'm like, homegirls come a long way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Turned into a true movie star now. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I'm very glad that your husband suggested to do, uh, to do this because I had never seen either of them. I don't even know if I really heard of them before. Um, but now I can say that I am a fan of, American Psycho. And whenever anyone talks about it, the first thing you're going to be like, what'd you think of the end? That's yeah. How, like, oh, yeah, I've seen it. What'd you think of the end? What Except do you think is right now exactly? in the loop of my circle of like five people that I have in my life? <laughs> um, only me and Crystal can talk about it because <laughs> nobody's seen it. In nobody's years. seen it or can remember it. And 
clearly I did not let my daughter watch this one. Um, so... Yeah, this one would probably be a little too intense. The amount of, yeah, just everything, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I know it was a little bit of a longer show today. Thank you if you stuck around to the end. We always appreciate the fan loyalty. Yes, definitely. And, uh, send us any future, uh, horror movie recommendations if you guys want us to do any at our Gmail, horrorwhenandcrime at gmail.com. And if you have an interpretation of the end of American Psycho that we did not talk about or did not think to say, please write us in and I would love to read it and see what your interpretation is because we always love to hear what you guys think. Yes. Maybe we'll even talk about it uh, if you guys, you know, send one in. We could talk about it on the next episode or whatever. So, well, um, on that note, I guess, um, stay safe, stay healthy. And stay creepy. (laughs) We got to go. Bye. Bye.